0: There's a mental resiliency that's needed by every farmer, really, because when something breaks, whether it's an irrigation line on a stressful hot day or fencing or, or, or a bit of machinery um, at a critical time for harvest, you hear that others are doing the same crazy stuff that you are with a head torch at 10pm and trying to fix that thing before the market in the morning.
1: Hi, I'm Cassandra Huff. Welcome to Farmers Talk Mental Health. This series of podcasts focuses on the stresses farmers face that affect their wellbeing and personal stories of mental health. It looks at the help they sought and the strategies they used to maintain their mental health. The podcasts are developed for the National Enterprise for Rural Community Wellbeing at the University of South Australia, directed by Leah Bryant. If you think that you or someone in your family or community might benefit from support for mental health and wellbeing, please contact Men's Line on 1300 789 978 Lifeline on 13 11 14 or the Suicide Callback Service on 1300 659 467. Are you going to meet a couple of market gardeners? They didn't grow up on the land, but farming is in their blood. Aaron Hardelman is a permaculture market gardener near Brisbane and Sim Ash is a market gardener in Melbourne, and they've got quite the story to tell. I'll introduce you, first of all, to Sim. He is a a market gardener from Melbourne. Good afternoon.
0: Hello. How's it going?
1: Um, Well, thanks. So tell me, what drew you to farming?
0: I suppose I was studying outdoor education and then um, went across and worked on a farm for three months uh, in one of the summer Um, breaks and sort of fell in love with it, whether it was the outside work or the problem solving on the job and meeting within a small scale team of four or five others. And it felt meaningful, I suppose. So I was looking at some of the broader social issues um, and environmental uh, considerations and farming seemed to fit the bill. So here we are five, six, seven years later.
1: And it aligned with your values there. And so what sort of farming do you do?
0: Just really small-scale market gardening, so less than an acre. Um, and I've run my own business as well as now working at a not-for-profit city farm, setting up a market garden that's probably more uh, around educational and engagement. Yeah, still producing several tonnes of food a year.
1: And it's remarkable, isn't it? You might not have a huge amount of land, but you could still produce a lot of it. And it doesn't matter the size of the farm sometimes. There's a lot that goes into
0: it. Yeah, certainly, particularly with market gardening in an intensive, bio-intensive sort of scale. Um, quite a bit of work to do with to, to get those veggies out as well.
1: And you've got a, a similar philosophy to Aaron in Brisbane. Hi, Aaron. Hi, how you doing? I'm um, Well, thank you. So you're a market gardener, but also working in permaculture. You didn't start off in, in agriculture, though. What drew you to farming?
2: Uh, so I've always uh, grown my own food at home, um, but it wasn't until I did a uh, permaculture design certificate that uh, sort of led me down that road towards market gardening. Uh, I went out to Jeff Lawton's farm uh, and we had a good look around his market garden. And I spent a few weeks there um, working on the market garden. And as soon as I came home, I, uh, I asked my boss uh, if I could go part time uh, with what I was doing. And, and, uh, so I started volunteering at, uh, Sandy Creek Organic Farm, uh, which is a really large scale, uh, organic farm, uh, and also started up my own market garden at home. Uh, and then from there, um, I got the position at, uh, Millen's Farm. So yeah, I work at Millen's Farm at the moment, uh, at, uh, in Sanford. Yeah. So that's
1: just, uh, on the edge of Brisbane there. What are you producing?
2: Ah, uh, so we're mixed crop market garden, uh, based on permaculture and uh, the no-till system. So we're uh, we're we're pretty pretty big down here. Um, the the farms, uh, over an acre, uh, and there's two two full full time farmers and a part time farmer working on on the farm.
1: So you've been at this now full time for
2: what five six years. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the, uh, the sixth year here on site at Millen Farm.
1: Can you take me through the evolution of, of what you're doing there? Have you changed uh, what you're doing? Yeah, or-
2: sh- yeah sure. So we, we've installed all the, um, the permaculture systems to create the ecosystem around the outside of the market garden. Uh, we have a few water issues here um, from a couple of drains from the original infrastructure. So we just had to develop a bit of a swale system. Uh, to get that water to move uh, sideways away from the farm. And then in turn, that uh, feeds the tree system down the bottom. So uh, it's a really cool, really cool uh, system. Uh, and it was a, a grass paddock when I arrived and I, I built it from scratch. So uh, it's, it's, it's been a, a really, really fun journey. Uh, we, we originally did uh, a conservation and land management certificate one course here on the farm. Uh, so we had a lot of students uh, come through in the early days to help build the farm, uh, but now we've transitioned to uh, international standard market garden. So uh, we're 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 not reliant on volunteers anymore. Uh, all that education program, we've just got the, the full time farmers running the farm.
1: Why did you move your business away from from that that training and more into uh, the farming?
2: There was a few different things. Obviously, COVID uh, last year hit us quite badly, so. Uh, We lost all of those education programs here on site. Um, It was was during a transition period where the council was doing a lot of infrastructure work here on site as well. Uh, So we lost uh, the ability to water the farm. Uh, So last year for us was a total shutdown here on site uh, because of COVID. So we moved out to, uh, luckily enough, my parents uh, have 20 acres. So we moved out there. Uh, and installed another market garden uh, and sort of tried to transition that way uh, and then move into box subscriptions because we were running our markets as well here on site and that market also got shut down. So we lost education, we lost the markets uh, and, and we lost the farm all, all in the space of like three months. So uh, yeah, it was, it was a difficult time. But luckily enough, you know, I think we're surrounded now by a pretty good... Uh, uh, amount of people around us. So we're we're really lucky in that respect. And uh, when I I moved to Box subscriptions, luckily enough, one of my volunteers just happened to be a web designer. So uh, it it made it quite easy to be able (laughs) to uh, transition to to that one as well. So yeah.
1: It sounds like you've got a, a really great community there around you. Just how important was that for you to get through what sounds like a pretty tough time?
2: I think it was, it, was, it was very important to have the community around me. Uh, I'm, I'm very lucky that the Millen Farm is a, a not-for-profit uh, community garden anyway. So um, the way it works with the entrepreneur system uh, really helps transition um, a lot of uh, volunteer labour. Uh, to be able to come uh, on site and also work in the background of Millen Farm because we're not for profit. We obviously have a board and operations team and all that sort of stuff. So being surrounded by those people definitely helped as well. With
1: farming, I mean you've mentioned COVID there, but I mean that's just that's just the the, the top of the list really. With farming, you've got you've always got the weather. You've got trade issues, economic issues as well coming into it. What do you think are some of the Big mental health stresses or pressures that you you feel as a farmer.
2: Fluctuating sales can be a, a, a huge one for us. Uh, there's nothing worse than having to uh, uh, chop out all your lettuces uh, one week and then <laughs> throw them basically into the path. Uh, that that can be quite heartbreaking. So I think moving to the system that we have now um, and box subscriptions, uh, and also working with Food Connect up here in Brisbane. Uh, we've really been able to sort of mitigate those problems. We still, we still obviously see some weeks where the lettuce is still going into the into the paths, but uh, we look at it in a positive way. It's uh, it's a way of putting extra organic matter into the farm uh, and getting it back back into the soil. I suppose. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> still not not uh, fun to see all that hard work just sort of basically be turfed as well, though, is it?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's not fun.
1: Sim, you've got a similar farming philosophy to Aaron uh, with the market gardening, what's been the evolution of your business?
0: So I suppose when I started my little farm, um, which is more of an urban farm on three different properties, I was just looking to get a start into agriculture, um, coming from a city background and not having um, anyone, I suppose, in my family that had uh, been in farming. I suppose that came with some social challenges as well in terms of others couldn't quite understand why I was going back into um, and even in the language of going back into um, sort of physical labor work. um, I came from a family of teachers deciding to go down an agricultural pathway um, and I'm now back studying at uni um, under a Bachelor of Science Regenerative Agriculture um, with Southern Cross Uni. But the initial pathway was kind of YouTube and permaculture and then trying to look at permaculture and asking how do I make a living from being on the land and then uh, found my way through to market gardening um, and looking at quite a bit of the information flowing from North America and some of the growers there and in that sense uh, have developed into the Small scale, wanting to get back onto the land, produce something, but also still be connected with customers. So, in my business, I ran a small community-supported agriculture veggie box scheme, and I uh, just had thirty customers that would come uh, actually to my home, and um, yeah, I was packing probably yeah those thirty boxes, and then also working on other farms in a couple of weeks uh, just as a harvester, trying to pick up as much knowledge as I could. So, pretty micro business sort of story, and now I'm. Helping set up this market garden at this city farm, and I suppose the philosophy there is that there's fifteen thousand people coming to see this place, and it would be really good to see more um more young kids and and young farmers get into uh, get into farming. Yeah. How
1: hard was it to get into farming, not having a farming background? Because there are multi generational farms in Australia. It's pretty probably the most common way to get into farming is because your dad did it or your grandfather did it. How difficult is it when you don't have that, that farming background or that family support?
0: I think it probably took four years of kind of um, being the outlier and, and for the family not really understanding what I was doing. Um,
1: Were you actively I discouraged also, or they just didn't understand?
0: Oh, I suppose that's a fine line. I think I, I would feel I felt actively discouraged and I quit a halfway through a Bachelor of Education, I, I didn't finish that. And there was a lot of um, backlash, I suppose, to you should just push through the next couple of years. And at that time, I was struggling with mental health. Didn't want to do that education uh, pathway. Yeah, when I found farming, I think, I, or market gardening, I was feeling good about that, wanted to do it. So, I yeah, I did go against sort of the... The family advice, let's say
1: you found your community though. By the sounds of it, what has how has the farming community embraced you?
0: Quite a beautiful community because we're often sharing and going beyond sort of what a commercial industry might hold back secrets or not necessarily invite you in. Whereas I found small scale, um, particularly the market gardening community. Uh, whether that's on Facebook, or um, visiting each other. I was recently actually in Brisbane to go to a market garden conference, Deep Winter, which is done every year in the the middle of winter. And um, sadly, that kind of got um, cancelled with COVID. But the the community, I I don't think I would have known very many people, but I would have felt quite at home. The Young Farmers Connect is also an organisation that I volunteer with, and essentially try and around other younger farmers like myself or people who have a different story um, that are still looking to get into farming but might not have necessarily have that support so we're creating those networks at the same time as being embraced by the ones that already exist.
1: And you said you had that sort of struggle as as you made that transition from your teaching what you thought would be a teaching career into agriculture but um, what sort of stresses have you had now, as a, a farmer, there's there's a lot out there. What have been the ones that have affected you?
0: Mm, yeah, Aaron was just um, – uh, my heart goes out to, to him over the last year, um, not being out of water or a bunch of those challenges that he, he's had. But um, I think over the last three or four years, certainly financial constraints of trying to start either to find land or uh, to make money back from the produce that you are selling – you just need to produce so much, um, and it feels like some of the food system, in some sense, is broken because the scale to which you need to produce is um, so high. Or maybe it's yeah, it's a larger food system issue that getting into agriculture is actually quite hard. So essentially, I when considered starting was like, I'm going to have to be excellent at this if I'm ever going to make it. Um, and not that many professions, but you need to kind of be quite fantastic at something just to make a, a basic living wage. Um, but I, think I need that's such a high case.
1: financial outlay to get into it in lots of cases as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. And in le- learning more about broader systems of um, not just market gardening, I suppose, at uni, um, certainly coming to understand, yeah, whether, whether grazing or um, grains uh, are a thing that I might better get to in the future. Um, because, yeah, the debt outlay is quite high, particularly if you're not coming from um, a family that already owns some of that um, equipment or land. But anyway, so in terms of finances, yeah, it's been a struggle just sometimes on the week-to-week when I started the business to get, what would you say, it adds a layer. um, And it also has that social factor because you're working so hard to just make money, you are then stretched in your social calendar as well. So in the first couple of years, I was working 60, 65 hour week. and that doesn't always leave time to catch up with friends or to have a regular break from farming. And whilst that was fine for a year or two, I've also found now three or four years in, yeah, deciding I'm going to take a, a little bit of a step back. And I have the privilege, I suppose, of having a partner who has non-farm separate work. And so supported by her, yeah, looking more to create a I suppose, a holistic calendar. So I'm playing soccer, for instance, where that's a really good thing for my my health and just finding things that are not necessarily all farm related, which the first couple of years, I pretty much was going out to the farm in the morning and then coming back, watching videos and trying to learn what to do for the next day and then talking to other farmers and then repeat, repeat. And six, seven days a week.
1: And there's a mental load with that as well. You wake up, you're already thinking, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. Like it's just, there's, it's hard to escape sometimes, isn't it?
0: For sure. And there's a certain beauty to it. I kind of think we're a bit of a crazy bunch really. And so you kind of get into it knowing some of that. And and there's a lot of perks and rewards to the work that we do. So I think that's why people keep doing it, even though it's um, yeah, quite a workload.
1: Mm. And, and mm. I mean, you sort of physically though, did you felt you were, were pushed just about to your limit?
0: It was the first um, the internship that I went to, so the first day really on a farm and thinking it was 38 degrees, they got us in the hot house, and I feel like she was just trying to test my constitution um, prior to saying yes, whether she'd have me for the next two, three months as an intern. At that time I didn't even know that I did have the constitution to maybe get into such hard physical labour. But, yeah, I pulled through and pushed push through and, um and then that's kind of repeated uh, and continued on and you certain, you kind of learn to embrace it.
1: You mentioned community and and understanding your limitations and, and making space in your life for other other things. Are there any other things you've done that that perhaps help you get a bit more balance and, and deal with some of the, the mental health stresses you had?
0: So I suppose there's yeah staying physical, that's been in, in, of exercise, not just because farming is something like you're doing walking or you're carrying crates or it it can be quite speedy, but it's not necessarily going for a run. So yeah, that sport is important, but also I catch up with some mates on a Sunday for an hour and a half to play like an on at the moment for COVID reasons, um, just an online board game. But we also chat and um, that's become a really good routine in my life, just to make sure that there's always a catch up during the week to tell Someone, how I'm going if I'm having a bad week, and also to hear how they're going as well. Otherwise, I suppose it's kind of the basic: look after your diet, and you know, go for a walk every now and again.
1: Aaron, you uh, obviously had a, a tough time through through COVID, but how have you dealt with? that situation and the challenges that came with that and the, the pressure that would have put on you mentally and physically?
2: Well, love, loving what I do is, is a major factor to my mental health. Like I love, I love being out in the field. I love, I love talking about farming. I love, I love uh, everything about it, uh, especially the, the, new, the new way of thinking with that regenerative model. I think there's so much more talking to do about that sort of stuff. But also um, I do play tennis uh, and I do uh, definitely catch up with the boys uh, on a Friday afternoon for beers. So uh, I think having just that little friendship group that uh, you sit around and chit chat, other than something other than farming, uh, is always good. But uh, no, I just I really love what I do. So um, every day uh, I, just, I really enjoy coming to the farm. It's 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 the best the best thing. And you you
1: changed your business. How's that gone?
2: gone really, really well. Actually, we've uh, teamed up with Mini Farm Project, so my workload has actually drastically been reduced. Um, I'm not running the entire farm anymore um, after teaming up with Mini Farm Project. Um, so it gives me a lot more time to be able to do uh, different things that I really find uh, really, really cool. So I'm now the Southeast Queensland coordinator for Young Farmers Connect. Um, so having that connection through Young Farmers Connect, uh, I think, is, is a really, really good thing for, for all of us uh, small-scale regenerative farmers. Uh, it gives us a massive group of people that we can uh, chit-chat to about, about the, uh, the struggles that we all have on the field. And when you find out that a lot of the other farmers have the same sort of struggles, it's, uh, it makes everyone's life a lot easier and you can sort of have a bit of a, a laugh about it. Um, rather than uh, getting stuck in that uh, that train of thought where you're just constantly uh, chugging away and just making no money and moving not moving forward at all, so um, yeah, I, I think that's that's a really good good part of what, what what we're trying to do here is just really trying to connect with that young farmers connect uh, group. Uh, so we obviously we were just about to go out to uh, Mick Dan's house uh, last week, but uh, COVID shut that down, so. Um, being able to chit chat over the phone now uh, is is really a great thing for us as well.
1: And what about like what sort of difference do you think it would have made to you to, to hear sort of stories like yours and Sim's story uh, about how you're going, dealing with the the challenges? You love it. You've chosen. You didn't. You didn't, weren't born into it. You've chosen this career, so it is clearly something you you love. But but coming into it, perhaps not necessarily with the same support that that other farmers might have. Like, what difference do you think having support like, uh, I mean, you've got your, your Young Farmers Connect, but also just videos and podcasts like this?
2: Uh, well, they're a ma- massive help. I think, um, you know, I'm always, I'm always watching different podcasts and always uh, listening to different, different things. Um, and that, that sort of really helps, um, I think, you know, just knowing that other people are facing the same problems that you are uh, often, often is enough to have a bit of a giggle about it and go, oh, well, that's just, that's just the way life is. Uh, <laughs> and you sort of uh, move forward from there after, after you have a bit of a laugh about it.
1: Is there anything that you think would be helpful for the farming community, be it multi-generational or, or like yourself, uh, a bit newer, or, or perhaps the more market farmers rather than the broad-scale farmers, is there anything you think would be helpful?
2: Just just for just for us, I think that that young farmers connect thing has just has been amazing for us. Um, just knowing that we have a full scale group of people that are so, so willing to be helpful. Um, and every market gardener that I've ever met has always wanted to walk you around their market garden, show you their market garden. Everyone's super stoked about uh, their the way that they're doing things and, and Learning different parts of what they're doing so that um, it helps you on a broader scale become faster and quicker at what what you're doing. You know, having a look at those new market gardening tools and 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 all the things that the other guys are using, and you're like, oh my god, I need one of these. This is just making my life a, a load easier. So um, that that's that's definitely been a, a good one for us. Um, we also listen to a lot of different uh, podcasts from America, so. We're really trying to get into that um, that regenerative style of uh, market gardening, which is it's, it's it's just great to talk about. Like everyone, everyone that I talk to uh, about it uh, is super interested in it, so uh, it, it it makes uh, everything just that little bit more exciting. I think.
0: Can I jump in just to ask who have been sort of like your mentors? Um, you mentioned Sandy Creek. Is that Les? Yeah, Les. Yeah,
2: for yeah.
0: sure. Yeah, I did one one day of work with him um, four years ago. Just. Asked if I could come up to go because I wanted to see his farm. And, um, but I'm curious. It's a cool farm. Totally. um, How, like, as in for me, I found there's been a couple of mentors that have been particularly important for checking in, maybe when it's not going all so good. I sometimes am also doing that with peers as well. Um, People like Les, who are that, I don't know, how many years has he been farming for?
2: Ages. I think it's like over 20 years now. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Do you check in with him still?
0: or how Oh, does definitely.
2: That yeah, definitely. Uh, and the funny thing is that the other market gardener that we've got on board here now uh, uh, volunteered at Sandy Creek too. So yeah. Yeah. I think there's been a running chain of, uh, of people come through Les's and go, oh, my God, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, he, he's got a really, really nice farm up there. And uh, it's, 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 it's exciting to talk to Les about stuff. Uh, he's he's really really knowledgeable. He's got all the books, and he, and he he's willing to lend them to you. So I think we 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 learned a lot working up at Les's house. Um, a, a lot of things that uh, Les did that we wanted to change, um, and a lot of things that we have totally just stolen. Basically, his his well, the way he was doing it, and just used it on our farm because it's just worked so well up there at Les's. Um, okay. Also, when we went to uh, Zaytuna, um, there was this really cool guy down there called Miles Durand. Uh, I don't really catch up with him anymore, but he was the main instigator uh, for getting me into market gardening and and transitioning the permaculture way of thinking into market gardening. So just having those, those sort of peers. Uh, Joel Orchard as well. He's been great up here. Uh, he yeah. comes to all the Young Farmers Connect meetings. He's great to talk to. Uh, loop growers as well just down the road. We're really lucky to have Loop who were, who were putting on that deep winter that you were talking about. Phil and Alice, they're just, they're just amazing people. Um, so we're, we're, we're sort of really lucky to be surrounded by um, who we are surrounded by here. We're, we're really close to um, Brisbane, but we're also really close to the Sunshine Coast. So we've got all those really cool uh, market gardens up the Sunshine Coast too. Um, like Mick Dan's, the Good Harvest, um, we've got uh, Shambala, uh, and all those ones that um, that are really cool as well. So, I think having those, having that small community of, uh, or quite a large community now, I suppose, but in a small space, uh, really
0: helps us a lot. I, I just even find that even though I'm not connected with a bunch of those names um, in in a geographical sense, because of things like the uh, Facebook peer community. For instance, there's an Australian Market Gardening Success Group, yeah. and there are other groups, cover crop groups. There are, you know, you name the type of farming that you're involved in, there's a group that exists for it. I certainly find that, yeah, within that, even Joel Orchard or um, others that are working in that space, I find a sense of inspiration and feeling supported by these people that are already ahead of us. Um, and in in that sense, I do think within the farming network there is a lot of support even if you're not necessarily close to someone um, or are isolated
1: I am just in awe of just listening to you guys talk about it and on all the sort of organizations and people that you're tapping into and to hear the passion is is wonderful I mean when you think of of agriculture as uh, it's, it's only becoming more prominent, really. People are more and more connected with where their food is coming from. So it's, uh, it's wonderful to hear your, your passion for, for providing food for the world. And Sim, you were talking about mentors and, and the community there, which sounds like it's really strong for, for what you're trying to do. But what difference do you think hearing people's stories like your own and, and ones you've tapped into, what difference do you think it does make to, to your feelings of support and your mental health?
0: Um, I think like I was saying before, having with others and hearing how they're going um, does help make you feel more supported and I suppose less alone, because a lot of farm work is, in some ways, you're out there by yourself and you're just plugging along. There's a mental resiliency that's needed by every farmer, really, because when something breaks, whether it's an irrigation line on a stressful hot day or fencing or or, or a bit of machinery, Um, at a critical time for harvest, you hear that others are doing the same crazy stuff that you are with a head torch at 10pm and trying to fix that thing before the market in the morning. In that sense, by sharing stories, we feel, yeah, I suppose we're in it together. Um, Even though, you know, your business is actually operating as as its own, um, there is that support.
1: What about professional help? You've spoken a lot about Getting uh, support from within your community, but uh, what sort of professional help have, have you been able to access?
0: Yeah, um, for me, uh, sometimes working through some depression, and um, I've gone out to my GP, and um, that's, they've been helpful um, in terms of getting a mental health care plan. And so that has financial support as well to then go see. Someone else that you get to select and um, create a relationship with, and I suppose talk through the issues. Um, That can be pretty daunting um, at first, and 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 frankly, isn't. You know, it's 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 hard to talk about some of this stuff, but um, they're there to help, and often with the uh, clinical understanding to really help when your your mind's not working for you. That that professional help is there to essentially. Just rewire some of the dots, um, and that's not your own fault. So seeking that help, I think, is a is a great step to get on. Um, yeah, and then frankly, feel a lot better. Um, it's not worthwhile, you know, living a quality of life when it might just take um, a couple of sessions to to get back on the right path. So in that sense, yeah, it's good to read out, reach out to mates, but um, sometimes you also need to go a step further, and I've found that very helpful.
1: That's wonderful to hear. Uh, any thoughts on that from you, Aaron? As well on, on getting professional help when, uh, when perhaps you need to to dig a bit deeper if uh, if what you're doing isn't working uh, in another of Yeah, itself?
2: sure. Um, well, we we we're we're, um, we're in a position where because we're a uh, not for profit, uh, we also have uh, a few few people that come out to our farm uh, because they have mental health issues and they can't uh, work at their job anymore. So. Uh, we're, we're very much aware of, of uh, being the people coming to the farm to put their hands in the ground to, to try and make themselves better. So um, we're very much aware of, of, of that type of thing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, just the way that we're set up uh, really, really helps helps a lot of people in, in that respect for sure.
1: Well, thank you so much for taking the time today to ha- have a chat with me. I, I think uh, you've... You're very inspirational, both of you, what you've done and achieved in the last couple of years. And there's obviously pressure. There's pressure in every job, but, but farming does have a particular set of pressures, and so well done for, for writing those out and doing what you love. It's, um, it's wonderful to see. It makes you feel confident for the future of food production in this country when you hear from guys <laughs> like you. So thanks.
2: Thank you. It's
1: been so great to have your company today. If you think that you or someone in your family or community might benefit from support for mental health and well-being, please contact Men's Line on 1300 789 978, Lifeline on 13 11 14, or the Suicide Call Back Service on 1300 659 467.